This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 195. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. I'm really thrilled to be here recording another episode for you today. It's early October in Michigan, so that means that we have a little bit cooler weather, a little bit of pumpkin spice in everything, everywhere you go, and the Halloween stuff is up everywhere, and Halloween is quickly approaching. So this time of year is really fun. This morning, after um, I did the responsible thing and went and got my flu vaccine at the local CVS, I went by one of the farmer's markets nearby and bought some pumpkins um, and other little kind of gourd tchotchke little things uh, just to make my house look more festive for fall and get a little bit of start on that Halloween decorating. So hopefully later today after this podcast and another one that I'm recording, um, I'll get on that. So that was really fun. Now I just have to try to keep those little pesky squirrels and the deer from eating the insides out of my pumpkins because it seems like every year when I put them out in the front of my house, the squirrels, you know, dig a big hole in them. They actually get inside them and eat everything and hollow them out. It's pretty entertaining, but when I get home from work, a lot of times it looks like a bomb went off in my pumpkins. So we'll see how long they last this year. I may, I may be back to the market buying ones to replace the ones I bought today. Um, so anyway, that's what has been on my agenda. Oh, and the other thing um, that's happening this week, actually tomorrow, um, I'll be heading to Grand Rapids, um, Grand Rapids, Michigan, to the Michigan Veterinary Conference. So I'll be there for the weekend, and I'm really looking forward to that and seeing all of your lovely veterinary and veterinary technician faces in person. So if you're attending the conference in Michigan, come find me. I'll be in the exhibit hall, probably near or at the MVMA table. Um, so come by and say hello to me. I will be there also offering free coaching sessions. So if you happen to be there and you have something that you want to talk about, just find me and we can either go somewhere in private and talk or we can do it right there in the exhibit hall. Or um, you can email me and I'll contact you so we can be sure to meet. Um, It's going to be formal or informal. It doesn't really matter. Um, But come say hi anyway. I'm really looking forward to that. I love conferences and um, it really gets me excited about learning more about that med and also making new connections with all of you. Um, Also, just asking for a favor, I'm working a little bit more on my YouTube channel and trying to get most of my interviews up on the YouTube channel. So if you particularly liked any of the interviews that I've had over the past several months or even the past couple of years, um, most of them are there um, and you can listen to them and watch them. So let me know what you think about that. Um, I'm trying to do a little bit better about getting them out there for you uh, with a little help from my daughter, Bridget. So if you check it out, please subscribe to the channel um, because the more people that subscribe to it, the better uh, traction it can get so I can get it going a little bit because right now it's not very well watched. But I do kind of like to watch podcasts. There's something fun about that. So I'm hoping that you do too. 
Okay, so let's get into this podcast um, just to see if I can help us all learn something about ourselves and about what we're doing in veterinary medicine. So I was thinking this week before I wrote my blog about why we veterinarians do what we do because it's such a hard, tough, demanding job, right? There are days when we feel really beat up and really beat down. And this week, this past week, is was one of those weeks for me. We had a lot of rough stuff going on at my hospital. I had this one patient who died unexpectedly, unexpectedly and we had to do CPR, and it was awful, awful, awful. Um, and unfortunately, she didn't make it, so that was really hard to deal with with her owners. Um, she did have a lot of underlying issues, so it wasn't um, a huge surprise, but sometimes it happens before we think it's going to happen, right? And that's a really an emotional roller coaster to be on. We had another one of my doctors diagnose a dog with a splenic mass when he was really just in for a simple uh, skin skin tumor, um, so that was kind of sad. Um, even though I'm, we're hoping for the best for him. And then I had another uh, long, long discussion with a really sweet couple about their older dog, and they were trying to decide whether to euthanize this dog or not. He was He's old, he's paralyzed, he's blind, he's got all these problems. And when you're in the middle of that discussion, as you all well know, it's very emotional and it's very hard on us as well as the clients, right? Obviously, our job is a little bit easier than the client's job when making that decision, but there are a lot of emotions to deal with in those difficult situations. So I just wanted to talk about that on the podcast a little bit and address why we do what we do and how these challenges, especially the tough ones like I outlined this week, and the stress are actually in a way good for us which, um, you know, sometimes my brain fights that is, oh, how can this be good for me? All this stress and and emotions that I have to deal with. So when I think of most of our veterinary challenges, I wonder if we can see them in a better way or think about them differently. And if we can, how can we get to the place of welcoming the challenges What things do the challenges bring to us that are worthwhile? And if we can see stress and challenge as a good or a necessary thing, would it actually help us with our mental health challenges? So that's how this podcast came about. In the book, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson, and if you haven't read that book, I would recommend it. It's it's very good. He teaches a principle about exactly this thing. And he calls it rule number seven, and it goes like this. Pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Now, whether you like Jordan Peterson or not, I know he's kind of a controversial figure. I think that this particular rule is something that we should think about as veterinarians, and it fits very well into this discussion of challenges making your life more meaningful and better. So when we pursue things that are meaningful, and what Jordan means by that is anything that's meaningful to you, right? Or to the world, I guess. We actually will feel better. 
And when we pursue things that are expedient or easy, or we take the easy way out, that we don't feel better. And so this is exactly what I wanted to explore. So our tendency based on our natural motivations is to do what conserves energy and maintains our safety. That's that primary function of our primitive brain. We've talked about the motivational triad before, and that's the thing in your brain that tells us to conserve our energy, seek pleasure, and avoid pain, which feels like something that you would want to do, right? And that's why our brain is wired that way. It's that protective mechanism. So it feels really natural to us that challenges are to be avoided and we should just try to float through life, right? That's kind of what feels like fun. However, we've all felt that urge and have those wild ideas to push ourselves and stretch ourselves to do something out of our comfort zone. That urge, that urge to creation or to achievement, that idea that comes to our higher brain to create something that brings pride or a larger reward is kind of always brewing under the surface. It's kind of like when you decide to run a marathon, which I've never done. So to all of you that are marathon runners, I lay down my hat, take off my hat, bow down, whatever the whatever the uh, the saying is, I give you all the love because a marathon is something I think about, but I just, my primitive brain will not let me go there. Um, so if you decided to do that, that is your urge to stretch your achievement muscle, right? Or um, in my case, uh, I did a 50-mile bike ride up in Upper Michigan a couple of years ago. And that was challenging for my body and my brain. So I took on that challenge. And, and it was hard. It was like in the middle of August and it was super hot. So it was, it was tough. Um, something like walking the breast cancer three-day walk. Uh, I did that several years ago, and that was a pretty big challenge for me. So when you feel that urge for challenge, that is your higher brain. That accomplishment flies in direct opposition to what your primitive brain wants, right? So why do we do it? Why do we choose these really hard things? It's because challenges bring us meaning and purpose and even feelings of joy and pride to the higher brain. And so that's why we have those urges. That's why we have that little voice in the back of our head that says, you know, try this. It's scary. I know it's going to be difficult, but it is something that'll be rewarding in the end, right? And that's why we want to do it. So when we talk about not challenging that higher brain and giving way to our lower brain or that chihuahua brain, It's something like laying on the couch all day and eating and watching movies. And have you ever done that? Sometimes, you know, you were ill, you had a little bit of a cold, and so you chose to stay in bed all day, or maybe you were just exhausted from a hard week and you did that. And sometimes I think that if I could only get a little bit sick for a few days, not really sick, but just kind of sick, then I could lay in bed all day without guilt and watch movies and eat snacks, right? And I laugh when I say that because my brain offers me that thought pretty often, especially when I've got a lot going on. It'll be like, oh, I wish I could just catch a cold and stay in bed all day. (laughs) 
So I had that thought too when my kids were little and there there was not much of an escape. When you're a working mother and you have small children, even getting sick isn't always an escape. You know, the only time that you can really lay on the couch and watch TV maybe is when your kids have already gone to bed and by then you're all exhausted, right? And you fall asleep on the couch. But anyway, you have so many things going on that you just want to escape for a few days and retreat to your bed, right? That is a thought that we have often. However, if you do actually get to lay in bed, it feels great for the day, right? Maybe even two days. And I had this happen to me a couple months ago because I got COVID. So the first day I felt pretty crappy, so that wasn't fun. But as I started to recover, I was like, I'm just going to stay in bed another day, you know? So for a couple of days, I was like drinking a lot of fluids and laying around and trying to rest and watching TV. And I thought that was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. But if you stay there for a week, let's say you just decide to lay in bed for a week and you're not really sick, but you're just wanting to chill out because your brain told you that sounds like fun, you will at some point end up feeling useless. You'll start to feel anxious. I feel anxious if I lay around for too long. You'll start to, you know, kind of feel this cloud of depression coming over you. And as an extrovert like I am, I can only stand isolation for about 24 hours. And if I'm stuck in my house for more than about 24 to 48 hours, I feel very, very restless. And there's no challenge or purpose in lying in bed watching movies, right? It's kind of a useless activity, even though it does feel good. And sometimes it does create some self-care for us. It doesn't challenge that higher brain. So it doesn't fill our desire for purpose and challenge in life, right? So you'll feel good in the moment. You'll feel safe. You'll feel comfortable. And you can take the easy way out. But it doesn't last. And then you start to feel lazy. And then you start to self-judge. And that's where the anxiety and the depression comes from, right? So meaningful life comes from pursuing challenges that create a better living for yourself, better living for your family and other people even. Purpose creates meaning. And the only way to make, to make life meaningful is through some level of sacrifice. Now, before you tune me out when I say sacrifice is good, <laughs> listen to me. Because sacrificing yourself to a higher goal sounds bad, right? The sacrifice of yourself. We talk all the time about taking care of ourselves first and putting our needs first. And I still want you to do that. I still want you to take care of yourself first. But sometimes we abandon all challenge in the name of self-care. And I've coached people that are doing that. They just keep avoiding their life and calling it self-care. And that's not really true. That avoidance of challenge is not self-care. So I want to offer you this that sometimes self-care comes with facing challenges and doing things that are out of your comfort zone. Does that make sense? I mean that really big rewards can come from working to big challenges. And I feel that when I do the things that I challenge myself to do. When I started this podcast, it was a big mental challenge for me. I was like, who's going to want to listen to me? What are people going to get out of it? So I really had to push myself to take on this challenge. And sometimes every week I have to. But I just know that there's someone out there that might get a little glean of encouragement from me 
and that's why I choose to do it. And so the challenge is difficult in the moment, but it feels good when I get that podcast out there, right? And in order to do something like running a marathon successfully, you have to sacrifice your time, your energy, you have to run many, many miles and train your body and do something daily, right? That challenges your body beyond its comfort zone and in order to get yourself into shape to actually finish that marathon. And in order to get yourself healthy, you might have to sacrifice junk food or drinking sugary drinks. So if one of your scary goals is getting in better health physically, then that might seem really like a sacrifice to you. And what I'd like to encourage you and say to you that's that sacrifice, that giving up some of your junk food or your sugary drinks is going to pay off in the long run and you're going to feel better in the long run even though you're sacrificing. So many goals that we set require sacrifice, some sort of sacrifice. And laying on the couch is not going to cut it. It's not going to get you there. It's not going to get you the big, exciting life that you want. So relating that to veterinary medicine, I feel that veterinary medicine requires sacrificing your time and your emotion to help people and animals in their time of need. So the discussion that I had this week with the couple that was considering euthanasia for their little you know, 16-year-old pet required me to sacrifice my own comfort, my own emotional comfort, in order to help them make this decision. And those end-of-life discussions take a lot out of us, right? I get home from work and I am more exhausted on those days when there's a lot of that kind of discussion than on the days that I just get to see puppies, right? It's that, that emotional challenge that you're putting your brain through to try to help these people. And I think you all know what I mean. So if you navigate all those emotions around any subject, including euthanasia, that can be a rough challenge. But by challenging yourself to have those discussions as part of your job, you create value with the difficulty because you're not taking the easy way out. So I feel valuable to this couple because I helped them so much in deciding what they wanted to do. And I made them feel better about what they were talking about with their pet. Because people have a lot of guilt wrapped around euthanasia, right? And it's our job to help them navigate that that guilt feeling. So just like working on your muscles to become stronger, we practice veterinary medicine, that emotional practice, to improve ourselves intellectually and emotionally. So we can stretch, we learn, we fail at times. You know, sometimes you're in a discussion and you don't say exactly the right thing. I've been there, you know, especially being one of those people that, that talks more than she listens sometimes. And, but going through, those, going through those exercises helps us grow and feel more fulfilled. And the reason we feel more fulfilled is because we struggle, because it's difficult. And I'm much better at this skill than I was when I first started out in vet med because I've made the mistakes, I've been in the discussions, I've learned to read people better, I've kind of understood the vernacular that they say and what they're looking for from me. And so it's a much easier discussion, but it's also something that I still feel the the emotional burden of it, right? It feels a little bit hard. Wouldn't it be much easier not to have those discussions at all? But then you would leave people stranded, right? These people need us. 
And that's why vet med is so rewarding. So when you have the experience and the practice, just like training for the marathon, you're training for veterinary medicine, you can use that skill to bring peace to yourself and the other humans that you serve. So my reward for that stressful conversation is knowing that I answered all these people's questions, I have this skill and I'm pretty good at it, and I make these people feel better. So when they do eventually come to the day when they have to make that final decision, that they will feel calmer and more knowledgeable in what they're doing. And so that is one of the big rewards of vet med. And so there's joy in completing a really difficult day, which sounds weird, right? Like I got home from work the other day and my husband said, how was your day? And I was like, oh, it was really tough. And I was tired and I didn't want to talk about it because there was a lot of bad things that happened that day. But then when I really started to sit and rest and think about it, I was like, okay, I did a good job here. I helped these people through the loss of their pet. I did a good job here. I helped these people through this difficult discussion that we were having. I did a good job here. I supported my technicians. I supported the other people that work with me. There is a feeling of accomplishment and even pride that comes with that if we choose to see it that way. Because most of the time our brain wants to see these difficulties as hard, unfair, it's all too much. That primitive chihuahua brain wants us to avoid all of that hard stuff. You'll hear your brain say to you, and and mine does this, oh, this is too much. Why am I doing this? I should retire. (laughs) That's my latest one because I'm older than you all are. Maybe I should just retire. This is too hard. But then when I think about it, I'm like, no, I have this skill. I have the expertise. I want to continue to help people. And maybe the physical part gets harder as you get older. The mental part, as you work on it, as you learn these self-coaching skills that I'm trying to teach you, will get easier. And then you'll be able to be proud of yourself when you've had a tough day. Proud of yourself when you've become emotionally involved with a, a client or you've become upset by the loss of a patient. Like that's all the good stuff in a lot of ways, right? It's really crazy to think about it that way, but it's so true. So we're choosing responsibility, we're embracing difficulty, and that's what purpose in life is all about. You build your mental muscle, you build your values in everything that you do for your patients, for your clients, and most importantly, everything you do for yourself. So this difficulty that I'm talking about doesn't pull you away from taking care of yourself. No, I still want you to do that. I still want you to set boundaries. But I also want you to love what you do because it's good for you. It's a point of challenge. It's something that makes us stronger. And we often get stuck in the brain space of thinking that it's too much. So what I want to do is talk about a few things that will help us retrain our brain to either want or welcome challenge when it comes into this life of ours and see it as something that's making our life better. So you can start with something that's maybe a little bit easier than your veterinary medical job because sometimes that one's a really hard thing to wrap your head around. So I'm going to go through about, I don't know, four or five things that I think you could actually practice challenging your brain and your body to do so you can start to train your brain to think differently about challenges. And when you have that brain that's trained to think about challenges as good or fun or interesting, 
then you'll be able to take on more difficult things and the difficulty of veterinary medicine will become easier to handle. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's a few things that I came up with. These are just suggestions for things to challenge yourself to work on that muscle, that challenge, getting over yourself muscle, that getting over the laziness muscle, I guess. Okay, so the first one is, I want you to think back on other challenges in your life. What did you do when a challenge came up? What did you sacrifice? How did you feel when you accomplished the goal that was difficult? Make a list so that you can help your brain see that you're great at working through challenge. I always remind people when I talk to them, my veterinary friends, that they went through veterinary school. First of all, they had to get in, which was a challenge in and of itself. Then they had to get through it. Then they had to, you know, pass their boards. Then they had to find a job. Like all those things sucked at times, right? It felt terrible. But when you got to the end, when you were on that stage graduating, when your family was up there watching you, or even if you didn't have family, just that internal pride that you felt that you made it through that difficult challenge was worth it. And that joy helped you grow, helped you become better, and also taught you some skills. So put that on your list, but make a list of others. So just Sit down in your phone or on some paper and make a list of challenges. What'd you do? How'd you do it? What were the sacrifices that you made? And then was it worth it in the end? And sometimes it's not, right? Sometimes you'll sacrifice for something and it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to. And you might think that that sacrifice is not worth it. However, what I would like to offer you a different way to think about that is that sacrifice, even if it was followed by failure, taught you some lessons that you then could use in the next challenge. So don't get discouraged if you've got a lot of failures in your brain, right? Failure is a stepping stone. It's a learning opportunity. Okay, so the second thing after you make your list, I'd like you to think about what does challenge mean to you? So when I say do something challenging, what does that mean to you? Because we all have a different comfort zone, right? So I'm not comfortable trying a marathon, but maybe you are. I have kind of drawn a boundary there. Like, I don't like to run. It's not my thing. I love to walk. So I might walk a marathon, but I certainly wouldn't run it. So know what your comfort zone is. Learn a little bit about it. And then once you know where that circle is drawn around your comfort in your brain, you can create some challenges to push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone. So maybe in my mind or in my situation with the marathon example, it would be pushing myself to do like a 5K of running or a fi- or even a walking, like fast walking 5K because I don't really do those. You know, I've, I've been in a few 5Ks over my life, but I'm just not a runner. So maybe my comfort zone, if I want to push outside of that, would be to, you know, sign up for that. Because I like bike riding, probably for me, I would want to do a longer bike ride than I've done in the past. That would be more fun for me and feel better for me, but I'm still avoiding that comfort zone, right? So it could be something simple, but whatever it is, if if it feels challenging to you, that's where you want to start. If you pick something too hard, too much of a stretch for your brain, you're going to quit. Because studies show that challenging yourself, either physically or mentally, improves your self-confidence, lowers your anxiety, and helps with depression. 
So this is an exercise that I want you to try to do maybe every week, maybe once a week, pick something challenging. You know, it could be, it could be something little that's hard. So that's my number three. Start working on one thing that feels a bit hard outside that comfort zone once a week. So maybe it's your exercise routine, your diet. Maybe it's something at work that's challenging for you. Maybe it's a challenging team member that you need to get better at communicating with. And maybe setting a meeting up with them would be challenging for your brain and and make you really nervous. That might be a good one to, to start with. If you fear the phone and calling an upset client, because I know a lot of people have that fear, maybe get one and and pick the phone up and call them. Maybe somebody that you know is a little difficult. Call them and see how their pet's doing. Challenge yourself to take little steps outside that comfort zone. The next one is giving up a comfort. And so one of my comforts is, and this is something I've done my whole life, is I like to watch mindless TV, but it's usually competition TV, right? I like Amazing Race. I like American Ninja Warrior. There's something about competition. Maybe it was because uh, I was an athlete when I was young and and I competed on a lot of different things. I kind of like those competition shows, but that feels comfortable to me. I don't like really stressful, you know, gun dramas where they're shooting everybody and, you know, I don't like murder mysteries or all of that. When I'm feeling really overwhelmed or stressed, give me a good competition TV show. So in my case, since that's my comfort zone, maybe turning off the TV when I'm feeling stressed or when American Ninja Warrior's on, maybe just turning it off in the middle of that show and taking up some exercises of myself instead. You know, that would be a great great place for me to start. So setting a bigger physical goal which is really ironic because I'm sitting on the couch watching other people challenge their bodies, right? So oftentimes I do. I'm like, oh, I'm watching this American Ninja Warrior. I better get up and lift some weights or something, even if I still watch it, right? So get up and exercise. That makes all kinds of sense for me. So whatever that is for you, maybe it's giving up some of your social media time to do something more challenging. Just pick one for the week and see how you feel if you accomplish that challenge. And if you don't accomplish if you don't accomplish it, if you're just so tired that you sit there and you watch a whole show, you know, don't beat yourself up for it. Just try again the next day, right? That's what this is all about. Life is not a black or white, right? It's a it's a journey. And so little things are going to help you move forward. So the other suggestion I have is maybe sign up for a class. If you're not a joiner or you feel really stuck in negative thinking, that would be a great challenge for you. Something to get you moving, something to get you challenged. It doesn't have to be vet med related, but it can be. For me, taking on dental training was very uncomfortable because my brain always tells me that I hate doing dentals. But once I took some classes, I signed up for classes in doing extractions, I practiced, I learned radiograph interpretation for dentals. Now I feel a whole lot better about doing dentals. It's still not my favorite thing to do. I still don't love it. But when I get to do one and I remove a tooth successfully and efficiently, I feel all this pride and all this joy because for me, it's a great exercise in overcoming my brain and challenging myself. You can also set little physical goals for yourself if you're trying to work on better health. Like you could up your step, your step goal on your Fitbit. You could just take one more walk a week or one more walk a day, depending on how much you walk. Walk a half mile further. 
just get your body moving and make it a goal, you'll feel better almost immediately. I promise. And be ready for your brain to want you to quit. Be ready to hear your brain tell you that you're tired. Then remind your brain that your higher brain is in charge and that this challenge is important. It's important to your mental health. So, you know, you don't have to literally talk out loud to yourself, but you can. But just remember that that little voice, that chihuahua brain of yours, is going to try to pull you off task. And the last suggestion I have, and, and this one I like because this is something that has helped me so much since I've been coaching, is work on your time management. I know we all have time management issues, and the reason that oftentimes it feels hard to stick to a schedule is because we're so busy. So giving yourself some time goals might be just the thing that you need to start challenging your brain. I tend to become highly unfocused if I don't stick to my time schedule and if I don't pay attention to my calendar. I forget that I have things to do. In fact, any minute I have to record another podcast and I'm still on here. So those things you have to challenge yourself to take on. Even when I'm working in the veterinary hospital, I'll find myself avoiding writing up my records and distracting myself with nosing around the hospital, trying to figure out what's going on, looking for gossip or talking to other doctors about their cases instead of paying attention to my own. So just that brain seeking comfort because writing up records is hard, or at least my brain tells me that. So taking some time to set goals with my time management while I'm at the office, writing up records is a great place to start. So those are just a few suggestions that I have about how you can begin to change your mind about challenges. And once you start feeling better about small things that you've challenged yourself to do, then you can move on to bigger things, including your attitude about work and what goes on at work. And even on a hard day. Veterinary medicine is a difficult, challenging profession, but I believe that's exactly why we want to keep doing it. The bigger the challenges, the bigger the rewards. And when we accomplish something big, like taking care of a pet to the point of bringing them back when they're really ill, giving them back to their loving family, that's why we do what we do. So if you feel discouraged, In veterinary medicine, try to focus on the rewards of the job. Start small and work your way up. If you're feeling very stuck and very discouraged, get someone to help you work on your mindset and start digging yourself out of the hole of discouragement. I know that once you start to see vet med as a wonderful struggle and not just a struggle, a challenge to grow in and through, you'll feel the power and the pride that comes along with doing hard things. Okay, so before I get to my quotes, I just want to encourage you to do some homework on this podcast this week. Explore where you're at and begin to work on your mindset around challenging yourself. If you feel stuck or discouraged, reach out to me for coaching or just email me and I'll try to help you work through it. My website is juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. You can contact me there or my email is jacapeldvm at gmail.com. And if you do the work, please share your work with me. I'd just love to hear what you've accomplished and what you've challenged yourself to do. Here are a couple quotes on this subject. 
One is by Aaron Andrews, and it says, the more difficult the journey, the sweeter the reward. And I would tend to agree. The things that I'm most proud of that I've done were the most difficult, raising my children, going through vet school, those kind of things. The second one is by Pat Riley, and the quote is, if you have a positive attitude and constantly strive to give your best effort, eventually you will overcome your immediate problems and find you are ready for greater challenges. Okay, friends, remember that personal growth starts with stretching your comfort zone and embracing challenges. Start small and work your way up. You can do it. You've got this. I know you do. So have a beautiful, challenging week. Bye.